In episode 139 of Flipping Genius, we're going to talk about how to stay legal. And I'm going to break down five potential deals and tell you why or why I did not buy them. Five. If you buy and sell vehicles for a profit or you want to, you're in the right place. This is the Flipping Genius Podcast. Our number one goal is to help our listeners make more money. Every episode, we share information, ideas, and experiences of real-life car flippers. I'm Randy Lee. I'm the host of Flipping Genius. I've flipped cars most of my life. For over a dozen years now, I've been a licensed dealer. I am working to build the best podcast about successfully flipping cars for a consistent profit. Let's get to it, flippers. Hey, welcome to the Flipping Genius Podcast, where our number one goal is to help our listeners make more money. In order to make more money, you got to stay legal. And that's what I'm going to talk about first today. Uh, recently, uh, Randy Jones, my uh, the, the CEO, CFO of the Alabama Independent Auto Dealers Association, my good personal friend, uh, informed me, as well as all of them, the Alabama auto dealers that we have until December 9th, 2022 to become compliant with the FTC's safeguard compliance rules. Now, fortunately, Randy had told me this before, and I, I've since taken the class and got myself straight on this. Uh, and I know that I told you about this before in a previous episode, but with that date coming at us so quickly and with so many new listeners joining our audience all the time and and many of you becoming new dealers as we as we grow the flipping genius uh podcast and youtube channel and the entire flipping genius uh storyline here i thought i'd better talk about this again and so i uh, allow me a couple minutes, if you will, so I can explain what's, what is important here. Um, feel free to investigate this further. There's uh, more information online. This is absolutely not a moneymaker for me in any way, shape, or form, but it's it, it just feels like the right thing to do to share this with you. Um, the FTC, Federal Trade Commission, uh, passed a rule, I think last year, that safeguard compliance rules had to be changed now this this has to do with uh the safeguards of the protection of your your cons the consumer information um that we uh, collect when we're, we're we're making the sale of a vehicle and this uh this affects all licensed car dealers across the united states um of any type whether you do buy here, pay here, and finance in-house, or if you sell via cash, or what, however you do it. If you're a licensed car dealer and you want to keep that license, you have got to be compliant. Um, the first thing you're going to have to do is is a you'll have to uh, designate a qualified individual to oversee, implement, and enforce your information security program. Um, and then you must conduct a risk assessment on information security and existing safeguards. 
and then you will need to implement mandatory safeguards to control risk going forward. Now, all of this will be covered in a training course that you can take, which is how you'll become certified or your qualified individual that you appoint will become certified. And every employee uh, of your firm, I believe, I believe it's every employee of your company, no matter what they do of the sales company. Uh, so I think if you have a, a separate mechanic division or a separate body shop division, I don't think it would apply to them, but anybody who's involved in, in your sales process uh, of your dealership will need to take a certification course. And let me just jump ahead to the what if. What if you don't? What if you don't? The enforcement penalties will be drum roll, $46,517 per violation. I'm not making this number up. $46,517. I don't know where they came up with that, but it's enough to make this old boy jump to attention. So uh, you've got to do this before December 9th, 2022. And what you can do is uh, you can you can take a course. Courses are made available by your state independent auto dealers association. I know they are here in Alabama. Uh, that's where I am licensed, so that's where I know about. I know Texas and Alabama work together to create the course to try to keep costs down lo lo low for dealers, uh, because to create a course individually or to study this individually would be expensive and time consuming. Um, it costs $75 or about $75 for the qualified individual designee and about, I think it's about $50 for the, all the employees um, each, each. Uh, the courses take about uh, 60 minutes for the qualified individual and about 30 minutes for all the employees to cover. The information and then once you do that you'll receive uh, a documentation that you are, have passed the course and therefore are qualified um, you have to pass a little test inside there but it leads you right along to it and uh, i believe this needs to be completed every single year so if you're listening to this this episode years from now unless they've changed this which i doubt they will um, this is something you're going to have to do to retain your uh, dealer's license, it'll also be something you'll need to do to obtain your dealer's license in the future. Um, I think that's the information I wanted to share with you. So FTC safeguard compliance courses are available through your independent auto dealers association. If you're not a member, I always recommend that you should join. In most cases, you will get all of your money back. I know here in Alabama we do because Randy does such a great job of networking with the the, uh, the, the auctions here that, that supply us our vehicles and we, we save more money than we pay him. But the information like this is absolutely invaluable. Uh, so I recommend that you stay on top of your membership and learn everything you can uh, from your local independent auto dealers association, but definitely definitely heed this information. And if you want to send me a big thank you, <laughs> you can just send it to 
flippingquestions at gmail.com. If you've got some questions, feel free to send them to me, flippingquestions at gmail.com. I probably don't know all the answers to this, but I will do my best to get you an answer or direct you to somebody who can answer it for you. Um, this is important stuff, folks. December 9th, 2022. I'm going to take a break. We come back. We're talking about making money. All right, we're back. And now let's have some fun. I'd, I'd like to get the uh, all that uh, business out of the way. And, and now it's time to time to talk about some money. Money is the number one goal, right? Flipping Genius Podcast is to help our listeners and our viewers make more money. By the way, if you're listening to this, I want you to know it's available on the the YouTube channel, the uh, the Flipping Genius YouTube channel. If you're watching me, man, you're lucky. Uh, <laughs> you can also listen to the podcast, all 138 plus episodes, uh, wherever podcasts are heard. You can do both at FlippingGenius.com. Uh, if you're watching, you can see my address above my head. And if you're not watching, it's F-L-I-P-P-I-N-G-E-N-I-U-S.com. And from our website, you can access all things Flipping Genius. We're going to talk today about five vehicles that I considered buying and why or why not I bought them and what the outcome was. Um, and I thought this might be some real life uh, information. And I've been seeing more and more of this type of stuff on the car flipping forum. And I'm delighted to see it because it's great stuff to, to share. Uh, a few of you guys, a few of you guys uh, and, and ladies have reached out to me with uh, some questions about should I or shouldn't I buy this vehicle or that vehicle? Um, what do you think about this one? And I love answering those questions. I love it more <laughs> if you were, if you were a, 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 a had signed up with with our, our coaching or joined our our group as far as uh, become a, a flipping team member or a flipping partner or a flipping champion those and more things are available to the, the folks but if you you've reached out to me I'm, I'm always I'm always happy to help anytime I can just that um, naturally I'm limited on my time a little bit but you can reach out to each other too at the car flipping forum so if you're not a member yet please join it's free to join let's take a look at the first car that i want to talk about uh, the first vehicle i want to talk about it's actually an old truck uh, 1994 ford ranger looked really good the regular cab uh, they said it only had 100 or 78,000 miles on it um little yellow regular cab uh, ford ranger six cylinder with a manual transmission uh, chrome wheels, and they wanted 2300 bucks. They were advertising it on Facebook Marketplace. Um, the first thing I think of, I like I like a manual transmission truck, but there's an extremely limited audience. The next thing I looked at, it's a 28-year-old vehicle. Uh, that That's also a limited audience. Um, I, I like the yellow, and, and somebody might, um, and, I, and I, I could tell that they were willing to deal a little bit i think um the regular cab too no back seat um could be a problem but if somebody's looking for a nice little ford ranger this could be a good one just that all those limitations can slow your your uh your selling down um the low miles though i i had some questions about it and and the thing that i noticed is under the hood there was a different paint color there, there was white under under the in the um 
in the engine well. Um, and it probably was, it probably had been either a utility vehicle or some kind of business vehicle before. And the first thing I thought of is, is maybe it didn't have the miles, maybe it had a lot of hours. I, I mean, my, uh, my, my windshield guy was here yesterday and he told me his windshield, his windshield truck that he uses all the time has 400,000 miles on it. But I, I noticed it was running all the time he was here. It always is all the time. So you, you got to look at hours, exceptional vehicle, uh, for, for Alice case, but, um, they're not all exceptional vehicles. And this is a six cylinder. I felt kind of good about that, but, uh, I had some questions about if the miles are legit or if there's a lot of hours on the vehicle, although it, you know, it seemed to run. Okay. Um, but I looked online. So I, I, I looked deeper online on the Facebook and I noticed this this particular seller just under the name that he was he was uh advertising this vehicle which people will have more than one name had sold dozens dozens of vehicles on facebook so right away i started thinking this guy might be smarter than me um i'm not saying he's got his own podcast i'm just saying there's a lot of you out there who are smarter than me and and if you listen to me for 137 episodes you know that i recognize my own limitations um so i i started to think that that i don't think this cat's going to leave a lot of meat on the bone um so i i thought the only way that i would buy this is if i could get it for a thousand dollars or under um or, or if I had somebody specifically looking for this type of truck and I knew I could pick it up and flip it quick without doing anything to it. So I, I, I knew I had to be be cautious just due to the fact that that he's an experienced flipper and is, is likely just not going to leave that meat on the bone. And uh, the other thing that, that in talking to him, I realized that there was no way, no way who was going to sell this thing for anything less than probably $2,100. So frankly, I didn't buy it. I walked away. And that's, that's the end of this story. Uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta see a lot of them to walk away. Let's talk about one that, that, that turned out different. Um, this was a, uh, one I picked up, I, I saw along one of my walking routes one day is a, a 1999 Honda Accord, uh, four door, pretty much oh it was an ex model it was a it was a nicer model it did have the the moonroof uh leather interior in good shape 167,000 miles but it had a squealing water pump sound uh which scares everybody um and the guy was pretty straightforward uh on he told me it was going to need to be towed because he was worried about it not being able to be dri driven it, it did start up and it would go forward and backward and he said you know, he, he, he didn't want me to drive it, which scared me a little bit. Um, but he, he seemed like a, a real straightforward guy. And he was asking for a thousand bucks, um, parked in front of his house on a side street and not well advertised. Fortunately, fortunately for me, um, cause the car, the car looked pretty good. Uh, and, and the, the, the first thing is the car looks good. It is, it is startable and movable. So I knew I could, I could, I wouldn't have to pay for tow. I could tow it myself on my tow dolly. Um, I I uh, decided to take a chance on it. Um, I first I called and, and got a quote from uh, Dennis Johnson and and my mechanic, and I checked uh, on Rock Auto 
for how much a, um, a water pump was going to cost and discovered that the water pump replacement was also going to require a timing belt replacement. But uh, Gary told me that he could do the whole thing for about 750 bucks. And while I was walking around and noticing the car was in good shape, I also noticed that the tires had about 80% tread wear remaining on them, almost new tires. Uh, air conditioning was cold, um, basically good appearance. Honda, everything worked on it just like you kind of thought it would. And the guy had owned it for quite a while, I think six or seven years. And it had been da his daily driver, just a solid car. But, you know, one thing and another, he, he, he didn't really didn't need the car anymore. And it was getting a little long in the tooth. Um, I projected that I would sell the car for about $2,400 once I put a timing belt and a water pump in it because it was in very good condition. Um, I, so I figured less than 850 bucks, I figured for total repairs, because there's always a couple other things to do. Uh, and $250 for overhead that I deduct on any car that I'm going to put on my lot. Um, another, um, I want to make a thousand bucks on it. That's, that's always, that's generally my goal, a thousand bucks or more uh, per vehicle, depending on how much I'm putting into it. But since I buy cars in this price range, that was my target. Um, so if you do the math, that only left me $300 to offer the guy. And so he's asking a thousand. It's just, it's a 99 Honda and there's only so much. And, and, and I, I said, I know you got new tires on it and I know that it's a nice car, but, but this is a costly repair and I, I've got to pay for the repair because I don't do it myself. Um, so it leaves me about 300 bucks and I could tell he wasn't going for that. Um, and he, he said, would you do 500? And I rethought my, my profit. I thought, you know, you, you always can sell a Honda. So I, I said, yeah, we'll, we'll do 500 and I bought it. <laughs> and as it turned out, as it turned out, uh, the repairs were only $790 because Gary always helps me out as much as he can down at Dennis Johnson. Um, I asked $2,850 and I did a, a good job as I tried to of marketing it and talking about the extra features. It had a good aftermarket uh, radio, which I always, they drive me crazy. I could never figure out how to use them, but this was a good one uh, with a, a screen and everything on the dash. It had a nice moonroof, um, excellent tires. Uh, let's see, uh, it almost, a, uh, well, it had a brand new timing belt, of course, and brand new water pump and ran just beautiful and the battery uh was almost brand new also and uh i wound up selling it for i, I asked um i asked 28.50 and i wound up selling it for 27.50 including sales tax and here in alabama we have the lowest uh sales tax of any any state in the union another reason to be a member of the alabama independent auto dealers association and your if you're an auto dealer in any any place in the country, you ought to join your local association, not just for the benefits like we had talked about earlier, but also for the, the, the lobbying benefit to help represent us here in in the United States and in your local state. Uh, and one of the things we get from our, our association is consistently we have 2% sales tax in, in Alabama. So uh, that's something I do a lot of times. I'll, I'll say, well, I'll do it. Uh, I'll sell it for twenty-seven fifty and include your sales tax, and that that is a pretty strong negotiating tool for me. I can I, I usually can get that from them because they were they were offering me a little bit less than that, of course. Um, and my net on that deal, uh, 
if you calculate all that out, was $1,136 in profit. And that's right, right where I like to be. I like to be 1000 or above. And that one, I walked away very happily, very happily. I'm going to take one little break, grab a, a bottle of uh, Kickapoo Joy Juice, and I'll be back to talk about a Chrysler 300 that I looked at next. Okay, the next one I want to look at is, uh, that I did look at, I want to talk about, <laughs> is a 2007 Chrysler Chrysler 300. Uh, a pretty good looking car. Um as far as I could see, this one was, it was advertised someplace else. I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't, I didn't write this up. It was, it was not on, uh, on marketplace. It was on a, another site that I don't have in front of me. Um, anyway, another, another site where you can advertise cars. Um, I think I also saw it on, on marketplace as well. So they, you, they're usually both places, but um, 2007 Chrysler uh, 300, they, they had 190,000 miles, so pretty high miles. Um, and it was on OfferUp, that's right, OfferUp, and it was, uh, they were asking $2,800. Um, it was clean, except in the pictures I could see it had a, a mismatching uh, gas door, which is kind of strange. Uh, must have got torn off. And the seller on the phone said he would come down to $2,400. Um, my immediate concerns on this one were number one it's a chrysler i do not like chryslers um you may you may like them and i don't mean to disparage an entire uh company but i i do not like chryslers um and when you get to 190,000 miles there's a whole slew of little things that can be that can be wrong with with any car probably with the chrysler 300 if you look it up you'll find about 15, 16 automatic things that, that, that can be a, a trouble spots. And this one's 16 years old. Um, one of the windows was not working, which is one of those things that, it, that are common repair problems. Um, and I, after I saw it, I, the air conditioning was not working like it should. It, the, uh, the vents weren't properly dispensing the, the, the air from the, the dash and the air that was coming out didn't feel as cold as it should be um and and i think i was fortunate because because when i went to look at it, it was warm out had it been uh, a little cooler day i might not have noticed that and that's that's a big one um i estimated that the car would ultimately sell for about thirty four hundred dollars once everything was fixed and i and honestly I, I got i have good luck selling these cars i just always have some questions about the viability after they leave my lot, because I, I don't really trust them. Um, you can tell I'm not real sold on this one. <laughs> I, I estimated that the known problems uh, that I knew about were going to cost me about 600 bucks. Uh, and I, I figured probably another $300 for an oil change, uh, for some detailing and miscellaneous costs, uh, plus another $250 for overhead. And that still was going to leave me with a a, uh, a, I think it was a black uh, gas door on a, on a white car. Um, so I'll, I'll, I deducted a total of 1150 bucks from the $3,400 I thought I could sell it for. And then, and then I, I want to make a thousand bucks on it, right? At least a thousand because I've, I've got a little bit more money into this one. Um, so that, that left me 1250 bucks. And this is one of those times where I just, I got my number, offer the number, and, and I'm not moving from that. 
um, kind of like when I go to the auction because it's not a car I'm sold on. So if if I'm not if I'm not sold, like with a Honda, I feel solid about it. I might move the needle a little bit, but Chrysler's I don't like them. <laughs> as pretty as they are, it's, it's just not my favorite car. So I I did that. I offered twelve hundred fifty bucks. Um, they came back with a counter offer. I, I said, no, nah, that's not going to do it. Um, you'll sell it. I told them, you'll, you'll sell the car. You just won't sell it to me. Uh, but I, I appreciated their time. And I did not buy it. I did not buy it. Um, but I, I, I've got two more, right? I've got two more. Let's talk about those. The next one was a 2004 Ford Taurus. Uh, another car that I've had good luck with selling. I haven't, I haven't had one in a while. I... Uh, I find that uh, Tauruses, it, every now and then you run into some transmission issues. Um, and this one had a transmission issue. And there was going to be an opportunity here because they told me that it was just a, a shifter cable. Um, it it was um, on Marketplace for $500 and the guy was just trying to get rid of it. Um, it had 184,000 miles which for a 04, that's not too bad. And he said it runs good, everything works on it. It just needs a shifter cable and it won't shift in the gear and stuck in my driveway, basically. Um, uh, I ran by to take a look at it and the body was in fair condition. The interior was was pretty dirty. Uh, it, had, it had bad tires on it, uh, some dry rot. It had been probably sitting there for a while. They had air in them, but they were gonna be, need to be replaced, at least a couple of them. Um, it did start, uh, but it, like you said, it wouldn't go into gear. And, you know, I was questioning that. But he had a document from I, uh, um, his mechanic who turned out to be somebody that I know that I've done some business with um, in the in the past. And, and, and the mechanic said it was a shifter cable. So I got on the phone and called John, the, the mechanic, and we talked and I told him about which car it was. He remembered it. And said that he could do the repair for about two hundred bucks. He said it's not not a big deal. And uh, and the car, but the car also needed brakes, which I wouldn't have known unless I drove. Um, I suppose you might know. You you might be smarter than me. But he said it needs brakes and obviously tires. And he didn't think the air conditioning worked. Um, and said it needed two window regulators, which I hadn't figured out yet. Um, and I think there was a little bit of a misfire on it because it didn't, it'd been sitting for a while. Um, so I got off the phone with John and, and with a mechanic and, and told uh, the, the seller what he had said, which was not news to him. He, he, he obviously knew that the problems were there. Um, I offered him $150 cash and said, I'll take it out of your driveway. I got the cash in my pocket. And uh, it had been sitting there you know, for a couple of months is based on the tags were expired. John had said it had been several months since he'd had it down to his place and there was a buildup of dirt and some weeds growing up around the tires. Um, he, we went back and forth and I, I, I'll fight you. I'll fight you for a nickel, man. So I wound up paying him uh, $170 and I bought it. I bought it. Um, and you're probably thinking, what are you going to do with this one? Um, we we managed to push that thing up on my, my toe dolly because uh, it, it actually would it would move a little bit um and i think i think between pushing and and driving we were able to get it up there and i took it to two other dealer friends of mine um the second one gave me 410 dollars for it. remember I, I, 
fight you for a dollar. Uh, $410 for it. Uh, he, he said, that'll buy you lunch. And it, it, it bought like three or four lunches for me, that extra 10. Um, it, but he had another car like it, almost exactly like it. Um, and he just figured that he'd rob from one or the other and, and build one good one and then scrap the rest. And there's a lot of guys out there. We, you know, I've talked to you about doing this kind of thing. Talked to you about dealing with, dealing with other dealers, dealing with, with other mechanics. Well, it's good to have those relationships uh, that, that you can do that. And so, so I, I was able to sell him for 410. So that netted me a 400 or $240 gain for my trouble. And I was in and out of that thing. Uh, able to sign the title over with no no uh, title cost because he's a licensed dealer too and walk away with 240 positive and move on to the next deal right so i bought that one uh the next one and the last one number five number five where's the camera there's the camera number five was a a decent looking 2009 chevy malibu that again i found it on facebook marketplace it was a ways away from me. Sometimes you're gonna have to, you gotta go outside your comfort zone. I like to buy stuff like within 20, 25 miles of myself. So I don't mind towing it very far if I need to tow it or go retrieve it. Um, this one was, I think close to an hour, about an hour and 15 minutes away. Um, it was a the, the six cylinder engine. It had 190,000 miles on it, which if you, if you check out Malibu's, they sometimes they've got some trouble. 2009, good looking car um as far as i could see and he had it on on facebook marketplace for 1940 dollars, which was a little strange uh, he said the motor and transmission were good but it needed some exhaust work and when i talked to him he said yeah it rumbles and uh so he bought a new car he said everything else works in it it's a good car um he said he'd owned it for the past 10 years he was the second owner he was his daily driver but he had bought another uh, I can't remember if it was a new car or much newer car, and um, he hadn't been using it. And I, I, I naturally asked him, nineteen hundred and forty dollars. Where does that come from? Because um, that's kind of an unusual price. And he said, um, <laughs> "Here's where it came from. He put new tires on it back in May, and he put a new battery in it back in December, and he still owed four hundred fifty dollars on it when he first posted it on." on uh, Facebook, which had been like a month and a half ago. And he was just trying to retrieve that from it. Um, he was about an hour and 15 minutes away from me. So I, I asked him if he would be willing to um, meet me halfway. And he said, no problem. Now I had no intention of making him drive halfway. Uh, I, I just asked him that to see if he had any concerns about driving the vehicle because um, I could tell you know, either he was very, very good at lying, but I, I didn't think that. I, I, I've told you before, I, I generally trust people. And I thought uh, he was he was being pretty honest. And when he said, yeah, yeah, we could do that. I don't know if I can do it today, blah, blah, blah. I, I could tell that, that he really wasn't concerned with driving the car. And, and, I, and I, then I reiterated, I said, well, would you have any problem driving it that far? And he said, oh, no, it just, it just rumbles a little bit. It's not, it's not anything real bad. It's just got an exhaust leak, and, and I, I just never got around to fixing it. And, and it's, it was getting up in the miles, so I bought a new car. Um, I told him that, that I didn't think it was likely that, that he was going to 
seal a deal where he got reimbursed for his tires and batteries. And I, I let him know that the trade-in value for that car uh, with that many miles on it was right around 1200 bucks. And fortunately, I, I got that number from uh, uh, Kelly Blue Book. Uh, that was the trade-in dollar value for 190,000 miles on that car. A little bit low, uh, but he said and that that was exactly what they had offered him when he traded his car in. Um, so that was that was fortunate for me that we were apparently working from the same uh, the same playbook there. Um, but uh, he he just figured he could get more for it. Uh, but it had been five or six weeks since he listed it, and he was kind of tired of talking about it. Um, I I said if everything is as it as it, as you say it is, um, I would be willing to give him a thousand dollars cash when I came up to look at it. But I wanted to get some kind of agreement in advance before I drove that far. And he said, nah, he wouldn't do a thousand, but he would, he would take 1400 for it. Um, I said, well, we're, you know, we're, we're at least talking and I, you know, maybe the car is better than I think it is, but let me come up. I want to hear what that rumble sounds like and see it in person and shake your hand. So we set up an appointment. I drove up, I looked at it. I bought it. I bought it for twelve hundred dollars uh, cash, and uh, was able to bring it home. And uh, the total for repairs on that, with the exhaust leak and the oil change and a couple other minor things, was it was just four hundred fifty bucks. Um, again, Dennis Johnson, Gary took care of me. Uh, I, I, I'm sure if you could do the repairs yourself, it wouldn't have cost as much, but. If I did the repairs myself, I, it'd probably still be broken. Uh, <laughs> the car was pretty clean, so I finished the detailing myself um, with my overhead of two hundred fifty dollars per car. I had to spend another twenty dollars uh, to replace a, a bulb and get a um, an interior part, which I got both of those from Carpart.com. You could buy light bulbs on <laughs> Carpart.com. Um, I, I got I had a total of nineteen hundred and twenty dollars into the car um good looking car i sold it in six days on my lot for thirty nine hundred dollars i think i was uh i think i was asking forty two fifty sold for thirty nine hundred dollars again including the sales tax um and that netted me uh eighteen hundred and seventy five dollars on that one that was a, that was a pretty pretty sweet one um and felt really good about the car because it gave me a good clean bill of health um Kind of high miles, but it had been maintained, and he actually gave me some service records even that were in his glove box, so that that helped with the sale. So that's number five. Uh, three out of the five I did buy, two of them I didn't buy, and you know walked away, walked away. Because remember, you got to walk away. You can't buy everything. Um, and I I did I did make an offer on four out of the five. Um, sometimes you don't even make an offer because it's just not what you want to do. And the one that I didn't buy, that I did make an offer on, stick to your guns. I think it's important. One time I didn't quite stick to my guns. I, I well, a couple of times I wavered a little bit what uh, what my number is. So it's it's important to have a, a little bit of wiggle room and and uh, it, because especially in the market today, the cars are going for a little bit more. But um, there's there's five, three of them that I made money on, two I didn't buy. And most of the time, most of the time when I do a flip, I do make money. Um, it's it's uh, every now and then, not that doesn't happen. 
I really didn't feel like talking about a loss today, but usually my losses are pretty minor because I, I don't risk a lot. Hey, that's what I wanted to share with you today. Remember, remember, remember to, to do what we said at the beginning of the, sh- the, the, the episode and get, if you are a licensed dealer, make sure you get that stuff done. You got to protect yourself. One other thing I want to mention, I, I went out yesterday, I was talking about my, my windshield guy replacing the window on a, tor- a, a Toyota Tundra I've got. While he was doing it, I, I walked around my other vehicles that are there and made sure that my my um, buyer's guide were up to date because the sun, a couple of them been out there for a while and the sun had faded some of my printing on the buyer's guide. So I just went through and redid it. So everything was straight on the windshield. I mentioned this because a lot of you guys are, are just, I guess you're just fearless. I mean, it scares me. Uh, the first thing they look at when they come to your lot to do an inspection is do you have buyer's guidance in the windows? If you're a licensed car dealer, you know what I'm talking about. That's just that thing that you put in your window that says it is as is or it does have a warranty and it tells you who your dealer, what your dealer number is and puts the VIN number on there. Make sure you got those in your window. Um, it, it wards off trouble, I'll tell you that much, um, because if you don't have them, they can actually penalize you quite a bit per vehicle, and that can lead to more trouble for you. Uh, inspection of your paperwork and make sure that you're doing everything right. You'll learn more of this from your local associations. I, again, I, I know you guys probably think I make a commission from the association. I do not. I just think it's valuable information to share with you. And that's that's what I'm trying to do is, is share valuable information um, hey, if, if you've got valuable information to, to share with me or with the group, please do so on the, the uh, Car Flipping Forum or reach out directly to me by email at flippingquestions at gmail.com. Love to have your story, your information on a future episode. If you've got something you'd like to share, let me know and, and we can talk about it, whether it be through an interview or through just uh, send me an email and I'd be happy to share it with everybody. Um, this is uh this is a been a, I hope this has been a valuable uh, episode and help you guys figure out what looks what a sale looks like what a deal looks like what and one doesn't look like learn to walk away and learn to do what you need to do to make the deal happen um, I appreciate you listening I appreciate you subscribing please if you are on YouTube right now please push that subscribe button very very important for the future of flipping genius that we hit the thousand subscriber number soon and i if you are listening to the podcast please like us save us as a favorite give me a five-star review and most importantly share us with everybody you know tell people to listen to the flipping genius watch us and share us wherever you're at on social media uh sorry to do so much begging but it's very very important uh we've gotta we've gotta get these numbers up to make this thing keep growing and shaping and growing. And I want more input from you. I'd I'd love to hear it. Hey, let's work together. Let's make some money. Let's all become flipping geniuses. 